0: Our second goal is to expose the works of darkness, starting with entertainment, a device the devil uses to control your mind and soul. Why? Why? Because these are the subjects that are interwoven into a lot of your entertainment. Don't let them burn.
1: Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning into this show. This show today is a collaboration. Today, I teamed up with Chris Taylor from Don't Let Them Burn Ministries, whose profundities in all things comics, DC, Marvel, video games, etc. is incredible. So I had to have him on to help me with this expose on a movie that you could say is making a splash, pun intended, at the box office. It is Aquaman. It just came out the 21st of December and already it's sailing over 500 million. So it's making waves in the box office. Now, before you dash off and say, you know what, I'm just not interested in a comic book, superhero Aquaman, not interested. Listen, this is a topic that you really want to pay attention to and listen to because we're going to make some connections. We're going to tie it in with some things that you should be paying attention to. And I think you're not going to be disappointed. I think you're going to find it very informative. So without further ado, I want to get into this. So I'm going to give people a general overview of Aquaman. So let's start course, Aquaman is a big deal in the DC world. In fact, a lot of people think that Aquaman is going to revive the DC comics. Can they compete with Marvel? Well, that remains to be seen. So Aquaman, of course, is a superhero appearing in American comic books published by DC Comics. It was created by Paul Norris and Mort Weisinger. The character debuted in 1941, but Aquaman later starred in several volumes of a solo comic book series during the 50s and 60s the superhero revival period known as the Silver Age, he was a founding member of the Justice League. In the 90s, the storylines depicted his role as King of Atlantis, Aquaman's alter ego, Arthur Curry, his notable aliases: Orion, the King of the Seven Seas, the Dweller in the Depths, the Marine Marvel, Rider of King Tide, and of course, Ruler of the Marine Spirits. His abilities, what are they? Aquatic physiology, superhuman strength, agility, speed, endurance, telepronation, Telepathic control of all aquatic life ability to speak and understand any language on earth which is interesting we're going to get into the trident he utilizes the trident of poseidon and of course hydrokinesis. and we'll get in a little bit all that later so and of course his foes it was funny i was looking at some old comics chris and during his wartime adventures most of aquaman's foes were nazi u-boat commanders and various axis villains similar to the hydra group of course that seems to always come into play but very interesting the timing of this movie isn't it chris
0: oh yeah definitely And yeah, you know the, the comic books that in the beginning had a, a social propaganda to it too you know whether it's against, against the nazi like you just said or, or, or some other faction and today what is the message behind these movies It's all relating to environmentalism and the mental subjugation to the listeners to get this message when they sit in the theater to receive this message of environmentalism, because that's the overview of the whole movie, really.
1: Yeah, it's really the overarching theme is to acclimate everyone, to bow down to all these gods and goddesses, the Great Mother, the Mother Earth, her terrible human infestation. That really is a theme in all of these social justice type movies, isn't it?
0: Oh yeah, and we have the, the situation of gender swapping. What I mean by that is, Arthur Curry or Aquaman is a Nephilim, really. He's half man, half something else, and usually it's the male spirit coming to have sex with the female spirit, and they create the Nephilim, right? But this time it's switched around because, you know, he's, he's becoming a king here, and usually the line of the king is through the, the male seed. This time it's just through the DNA of the woman, so it's, it's very interesting how they switch it up
1: and I thought this was really, I want to delve a little bit into the significance of this trident. Um, a trident, of course, a three pronged spear used for spear fishing, but historically as a pole arm, the trident was the weapon of Poseidon, or of course his altered Neptune, the god of the sea, in classical mythology but in Hindu mythology, it is the weapon of Shiva, the destroyer god, yeah, like the one that sits outside a CERN. Poseidon, known as the god of the sea, wielded his mighty trident. He caused earthquakes and, of course, deluge. This is really interesting. It holds, get this, a threefold power over the three principalities of heaven, the earth, and hell. It actually represents the holy number three. The number three is significant not only in the symbol of the trident and the god Neptune, but also in creation of the universe. And, of course, it mimics the as above, so below, doesn't it?
0: Yes, and, and that's another theme that ran throughout the movie. We have to merge the two species as above, so below. They they literally almost said it just like how we're saying it right now. And it's the same theme that runs through the Man of Steel when Clark Kent was sent from Krypton with the DNA of all his ancestors in his body. And when he mates with a human female, it was to bridge the two species.
1: Yeah, because here you see this half man, half Atlantean battling his half-brother to prevent war on the surface world. So it really plays into that acceptance of the hybrid that's going to unite the human race.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And then it will create another sort of hybrid, which will eventually take over the planet. And this goes into Daniel two forty three, where it says, And whereas thou sowest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. It's a direct transition into sort of like a Nephilim society created in the last days
1: you know what, all this is really a kind of a reemergence of the god-men. You know, we're talking about the city Atlantis. Now, in Plato's story of Atlantis, the idea of Atlantis, this so-called lost subcontinent, often idolized as an advanced utopian society holding wisdom that can bring world peace. It's captivated occultists and New Agers for generations. I think it's interesting that Manly Palmer Hall, who was a high-level Freemason and mystic, he's best known for his 1928 work, The Secret Teachings of All the ages. Now, what does he refer to Manly P. Hall in his book, The Secret Teachings of All Ages? On page 61, he writes, in the Critias, Plato describes in detail the divine foundation of the Atlantean Empire, the golden age preserved in myth and legend, when the gods walked with men. Atlantean civilization, the demigods of the ancient world were the Atlanteans. In the British Museum, this is really interesting, Chris, there is a remarkable document known as the Toronto manuscript, which is written over 3,700 years ago by the Mayans. And it apparently contains authentic accounts of the cataclysm which sank the continent of Atlantis. Before the Atlantean continent was submerged, the initiates of the Atlantean mysteries carried with them secret doctrines preserved. And it's so interesting that Manly P. Hall was in an inner circle, the high Armenian order, which of course, the Thule Society, Hitler was involved in that it was an order formed by very highly influential Freemasons now a little side note it was said that the head of the SS Heimlich Himmler was obsessed with and in fact appointed some teams to go out and look for artifacts now one particular item he was very interesting in acquiring was apparently a Nordic trident that was found in the 1400s in some Scandinavian area by the Baltic Sea, which I thought that was really interesting. But Freemasonry, witchcraft, theosophy, Satan worship, Rosicrucian work, the Hermetic philosophy, Hermeticism being alchemy, astrology, and theurgy, the operation of black magic, the Kabbalah consists of a lot of this Hermetic Platoism, which, well, what's that about Plato? The thing that connects all the dots is Atlantis. And what happened to that magical city? Well, it was wiped out in a flood, a deluge. Yes,
0: yeah, yes. And it, it, one of the, the, the funny things about the comic books is there's a society, they were called a deluge. They were called the deluge yeah. and and they were like the the bottom feeders and what i'm saying is they're, they're taking these ideas from the Antediluvian world and the god men and all this stuff and they're taking it and putting it in the comic books and you some people won't have no idea what it really means what it's referring to because you know the flood is the deluge so he, like you said man dp hall he's writing about all these things and here we are seeing it on the movie screen you know and and I don't know if you noticed this but it was it was hard to miss so in Atlantis the king sits on a great white throne yeah <laughs> I was just in the theater like wow look at this this is amazing because we, we already know what that represents and since these are the God kings which really is ten of them not just um, I think in, in, in the movie six or something like that this ultimate leader this ultimate God sits on a great white throne
1: Oh, yeah, it's always mocking Jesus, these movies. Very anti-Christ, very anti-man. In fact, it always amazes me how anti-human, anti-man these movies always are. We saw this theme, of course, in Avengers Infinity War. We did a show on that. I've linked that down in the description. So in Infinity Wars, we see that anti-human theme run again. Like, humans are a plague. They're a cancer. They're an infestation to the Mother Earth. Thanos said it in that show himself. He he said it himself. He wants to wipe out half of humanity. We kind of jokingly laughed in the show. We said he sounded more like the ambassador of Agenda 21 because this guy wants to wipe out over half the population. So they don't like man. Even they said that in the movie. Oh, you half breed. The fact that you have any man in you. ooh, that's appalling.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you see that this um, running through a, a many storylines and not just comic books, but in, in mythology about, you know, the the half-breed and they're not worthy and they have to go on this this um adventure to become the king who who they're meant to be. And in fact, I think they're borrowing a little bit from King Arthur because the guy's name is Arthur Curry and he becomes king and he has to search for this weapon that will give him ultimate power, which also leads back to him wielding the force force the trident force or the triforce or in king arthur's the sword the sword is enhanced by magic that is the force the ding, 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 yang the fusion of opposites that goes back to the same concept of having power over the elements it's witchcraft and myra in the movie you see her she when the tidal wave comes in she has control over it and immediately i thought okay this is just the force you know it's all the same concept just told over and over again in different ways
1: yeah, the Force, the Jedi Power, Yoda the Zen Master. Yeah, this occult science, the unknown, the forbidden, the hidden, the unknown forces of nature, elementals, you know, the four elements, psychic phenomena, the Eastern religions, the Buddhism, the Hinduism, the Vedas, Zoroastrianism, the Kabbalah, the Tree of Knowledge. All this stuff contains that theme of the Force. Oh, it's a force, all right. It's a demonic force.
0: Yeah. And and this same, you call it force, or now it starts to transition into technology, where the enemy, Manta, he is already communing with these spirits, but we didn't know. In the beginning of the movie, there's elaborate plot going on, and later on, the Atlanteans bring him weaponry, alien tech, for him to use to destroy the God-man. Right, and then mm-hmm. later on, you see that this guy is now starting to merge himself with this tech, and that's how he gets his suit. So it's very interesting the the dynamics there because you know uh, transhumanism has been in these comic books for a long time, but now he gets to wield his power, and he de- he doesn't realize well he does realize how powerful it is, but again he had to he has to train himself how to use this force, this electromagnetic beam or whatever it is you know that beams out of his eyes. <laughs>
1: Well, Chris, that's actually like, uh, we see that in, of course, the Justice League with Lex Luthor. Talk about what he did to reanimate this doomsday character.
0: Yeah, he he took the blood from uh, Zod who died in the previous movie and in Batman versus Superman, he basically took the blood, did a blood ritual in the pool, the cryo chamber. And then he created this doomsday character that becomes Superman's nemesis, uh, ultimate nemesis in Batman versus Superman and ultimately kills Superman because he started to mutate and this energy would come out of him and he was unstoppable until Superman Sacrifice itself like Jesus did with kryptonite shoving it through through doomsday's body.
1: Yeah Well, there's another theme that parallels um, the infinity wars where Thanos required a sacrifice his daughter Gamora good name there. There's always got to be a ritual or a Sacrifice doesn't there?
0: Yes, this and it continues because one Satan always needs a sacrifice Well, most people don't know that, like in Infinity War, the uh, stones are actually living. They're not just stones. In the comics, they're they're living. So this living stone demanded a sacrifice. And, you know, you can go on from that.
1: Right. And so in this movie, Aquaman, and I find this interesting, one of his names is King of the Marine Spirits. And I personally think Marine spirits themselves have the most influence of mankind on the earth there is an underwater kingdom of satan it is spiritual folks
0: yeah from the pacific ocean all the way down to africa anywhere you go there are these these spirits and stories these legends about these spirits and i've i've heard some stuff from africa where they say these spirits they come to them out of the lake or wherever and they're beautiful and then they'll give themselves to them and in fact in the x-men the character gambit he gets his power from a marine spirit it's like a lady of the lakes type thing and most people don't know his origin but that's that's what his origins are and so this is something that's come in to be more ubiquitous in our storytelling now because they've, they've kind of used up everything else so now they're going to like some of the marine stuff and and you'll see it come out because going back again to witchcraft The elements, like in um, Galatians 4, where, you know, Paul is talking to the the believers there about, they're going back to Gnostic beliefs, basically. The stuff that they came out of, they're going back to, and they call it the weak and beggarly elements, the elements, the earth, wind, water, fire, you know, all this stuff. And you'll see that these superheroes control certain things dealing with the elements. And it's going back to the force again.
1: Actually, it's really interesting. Yam, Y-A-M, is the Canaanite word for sea. It's also the name of the Ergardic god of rivers and seas. Yam is a deity of the sea, and his palace is in the abyss. And the first place this is mentioned, it's the word Tehom, T-E-H-O-M, the biblical Tehom, the depths of the ocean. It's first mentioned there in Genesis 1-2, Yam was an important maritime demonic marine spirit for the Phoenicians. And in Mesopotamian mythology, in which God fights and destroys a sea monster, a seven-headed dragon, or Leviathan, that is the same narrative as this fight of Zeus with Typhon in Greek mythology. So let's get into some marine spirits here, Chris, because marine spirits are, and they do have a really great influence over mankind on the earth, they deceive they seduce, they harass, they torment, and invoke many other forms of oppression. And I think it's largely because it, it goes undetected. Now, of course, we can see a lot of these marine spirits from art and imagery and idols and products associated with water. But if you look, this is really, really interesting. There's an edition of Aquaman called, get this, the Queen of the Coast. Mm-hmm. And the Queen of Indy Sea is actually the head of the marine kingdom. The Queen of the Coast is next in Command and resides within Atlantic Ocean. It is said that among the fallen angels, the hybrid offspring, they travel in the form of half humanoid, half fish. Marine spirits like water operate in 70% of any ground or territory. Water is 70% of the earth. It covers mm-hmm. 70% of the earth. And yet, isn't it weird that water is 70% of man's body. So I I think we've got to look at this because the marine kingdom is still effective in any town, village, city it's got tentacles from lakes, rivers wells, springs, dams, seas, oceans and the devil's focus is on what? Two habitations of men, the earth (laughs) and the seas. You know, you just mentioned Africa, it's interesting that these ancient demon gods are still worshipped by witch doctors and high wizards, like even if you look at Ghana, where they still burn incense to bail, the sun, the moon. One of Pat Holliday's interviews, she interviewed Bishop Kenko from Ghana, a very high-level wizard, and he describes, I want to I want to read his descriptions of the city under the sea. A majestic city came into view that was located in the center of the sea. We arrived at this brilliant city that seemed to be without beginning or end as if made by magic. All at once, I found myself walking through the gates of the most mystical, beautiful, mysterious, underwater metropolis. There were giant futuristic crystal skyscrapers and brilliant lights bedazzling the currents of the sea it was a spellbinding place it reminded you of a spiritual disney world made of imaginations the streets were made of something that appeared like gold there is nothing in this world that can compare to this enchanting place such stunning magical mystical and ravishing habitation was like an apocalyptic fairyland The city under the sea is not a hidden place from many people of Africa. Many African wizards and witches have testified about the existence of these spiritual cities that are located in and off the sea coast around the world. It is a supernatural place located under the sea of Ghana and extends to the Bermuda Triangle off the coast of Bermuda. Satan sends wizards and witches to conjure these destructive disasters such as hurricanes and tsunamis. We are very much aware of this in places like Ghana. This is not a secret, however, very less known in North America. These sorcerers release the gods of storm destruction. The Bible says, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. The Bible clearly says that there are inhabitors, spiritual beings living in the sea, the gates of power and dwelling place for demons. The Bible, interestingly, reveals this. Look at the imagery of the beast in the Bible in Revelation 13, 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and 10 horns, and upon his horn, 10 crowns. When you look up Revelation 9, 11, the Greek name Apollyon, Hebrew Abaddon, this chris is like a king of a sea the abyss
0: yeah yeah uh, and i think a lot of this is, is programming people to accept what's coming anyway you know because we're talking about demons out in the open people still worshiping them and they won't repent of it that's what revelation says you know and, and a host of other things so we're being prepared our civilization is turning to paganism as we speak you know it's becoming the fastest growing religion satanism and so like i said before we are being prepared to accept these demonic spirits through movies, music, UFOs, all this stuff, you know. And if you go into South America, you will hear about these spirits that they basically get the, the, the tribes to war against each other. They go rape, they pillage, and it's a, it's a continual cycle. And one of the, the, uh, the shamans that got saved he tells you about these spirits and it's the same thing they're like lights they're beautiful they'll dance with you they'll as long as you're doing their bidding but once you turn on them that's it <laughs> you know so <laughs> yeah so we we're being prepared we're being pushed we're being taught how to basically commune with these things how to accept it how to bow down in some way might not be physically might just be emotionally I'm a fan is a, is a fanatic We can't run around that, that's the definition of it, (laughs) you know? So, and a lot of people are dressing up as these spirits, this this is what they used to do back in the day, in Greece and all these places, they dress up as their gods. So, if if you're a fan, a fanatic about these things, you don't know what you're inviting into your life. I mean, some people, nothing happens, and other people, (laughs) things do happen, so.
1: That's right. But this is not just harmless entertainment. When you are acclimated over and over and inundated with all this stuff, the billion dollar box office, Harry Potter movies, and all the book franchise that went along with that, that was teaching toddlers how to cast spells, hexes, vexes, and incantations, really? So you see this continual bombardment. From cradle to grave, it's just a steady diet of this stuff. And then, you you know, if you can accept Harry Potter spells, well, then it's easy to accept all these wizards like Doctor Strange. Oh, and their wizardry always includes mind control, controlling other people's minds, telepathy, psychic power. Aquaman doesn't just control aquatic life. Don't forget, he can control people's minds.
0: Yeah, and I I was just lost in thought while we were talking there (laughs) because... There's also Prince Namor in, in Marvel. He's basically a copy of Aquaman. And he basically controls the same thing. He has a trident II And he's very powerful, you know. And he's a part of what you call the Illuminati in, in the comic world. It's, a, it's all interesting because it's so esoteric. People just don't get it. Unless they do some deep research, they don't understand that what's coming towards them is totally spiritual. It, it entertains you for a while, but the message is clear. They want you to enjoy demonic teaching. And that even spills over into there's some of these beings, these superheroes that have telepathic control of men and other things. And so all is again, going back to the force, <laughs> because, you know, you can go down all the names. The force, the chi, the dao, the secret, 48 laws of power, the law of attraction, yin and the yang, chaos magic, all of these things, they're all the same. You channel this demonic power so you can go and save humanity or save the planet, whichever one you choose. It's always the same thing. And in fact, in this coming Captain Marvel movie coming out next year, she will use the Force to defeat Thanos, Captain Marvel. And at the same time, going back to the tools, we have the trident, you have Thor's hammer, It's the same thing. It's all infused with demonic magic. If you are worthy, Aquaman had to be worthy to pick up the trident in the movie. Thor and anyone else picking up that hammer has to be worthy.
1: Well, I know that word worthy. John the Baptist said, I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. Don't be fooled by these gods and goddesses. There's only one superhero, in my opinion. There's one king, and he's the king of kings.
0: Exactly. And yes, they are they're, they're all a replacement for God, a replacement for Jesus Christ, because again, you need to focus your attention on these things because with the music going on in the theater and and the storyline, and they get you emotionally entangled to get your mind to ignore the ramification of these inhuman beings mingling themselves with humankind and eventually taking power over humanity.
1: Yeah, the return of the godman, the ancient godman of old, the the men of renown, the watchers, the return of the giants. This is what we're talking about here. Whether it's Namor, or Aquaman, their ancient DNA, their Atlantean DNA, ancient alien DNA is more like it. They're their hybrid offspring. The same theme that we see in Genesis 6, the giants. You call it Golden Age godman, what we're really talking about is the Nephilim. And this ties into the alien card too because even in this movie we see See, the alien tech
0: yeah yeah and yeah as mentioned before is it, this tech it's always something they're giving us always something something from outer space some form of weaponry to enhance the body or save the life and these are the things that people are looking forward to these life-saving technologies or things to hack the body that's a that's a popular term now body hacking and, and this goes along with transhumanism when i said before that we're being led we we are being led because a lot of these people within the scientific the tech community are talking to demons they're talking to spirits and they're saying it on camera they're not hiding it they're saying oh the ancient ones they're gonna come and inhabit AI all this stuff that's out there right now that most of the population doesn't realize is going on we're being led and some of these directors too t- let's talk about the director the director for this film is James Wan and he's mostly a horror film director if you do your research on horror films They always have some demonic connection to them. Somebody's always dying connected to the movie. The witches actually give them real information to go inside to include in the movie to make the things the movies authentic. Even um MTV will tell you this, right? And so he is uh, has directed Saw. You know those horrible films. The one, The Conjuring, remember The Conjuring 1 and 2? I think people got possessed in the theater, right? Insidious, Annabelle, the demonic doll. In fact, Annabelle, I think, is floating around in an Aquaman movie somewhere in some scene that somebody said.
1: Aquaman, Annabelle Easter egg, creepy yeah. all from The Conjuring.
0: So yeah, and Annabelle was floating around in the movie, and uh, that's an Easter egg that you know you have to find. And a couple of people saw it on their second viewing of the movie. So my point of bringing up, up James one is not just the horror movies. He is, but well, he's from he's Asian descent. Uh, a lot of Asians are into a lot of the um, the water spirits. And if you watch enough anime you'll see what I'm talking about <laughs> not just water spirits but air spirits uh, spirits from deep from depth, from hell hybrids hell boys uh, people mixed with demons it's all over the place with manga and, and anime it's very demonic so I'm not just picking at him because he's Asian he's actually his nationality is Australian but his lineage goes back he's born in Malaysia coaching right he's he's 41 years old and so when, when these directors make these movies, they're going to put in things they believe, especially if they need to make it more entertaining. And so you will see this stuff in Aquaman, even though it's not a horror movie. You'll see the things, the spirituality all up in it everywhere.
1: Well, you'd have to be absolutely under some kind of demonic assistance to even be able to come up with these ideas. That level of demonic gore and horrific, abhorrent filth that's in those movies saw. And of course, as you mentioned, Annabelle, The Conjuring, The Nun, all these creepy, it's the same director. How demon possessed you gotta be to come up with these horrific ideas. Folks, we gotta cover our eye gates, our ear gates. Because you can become demonically afflicted when you introduce this stuff into your psyche.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I know it sounds far-fetched. It does. But people literally got possessed in the theater. It wasn't a whole theater, but it was a few people. People said stuff happened in their house too. This is from a movie. Now, people have to realize also that the people that, uh, there were two guys that were involved in the invention of the television. And at least one of them, we're trying to contact spirits through this box. So the television is not just a simple mechanism for your entertainment. It is a way to channel things. That's why you have TV channels.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's why they call it programming. It operates on the alpha, the gamma, the theta waves, the beta waves. It lulls you into this almost perfect Trance for mind control. And that is a fact. And it goes back to these programmed, whether it's the producers, the script writers. I mean, look at some of the influence, even that Stan Lee admits, how he got some of his inspiration. Alan Moore, he's called the greatest comic book writer of all time. He admits that he was demonically channeling, channeling folks, opening up those doors of perception. Oh, and by the way, speaking of doors of perception, Aldous Huxley, was good friends with Stanley, yeah, Aldous Huxley, the author of Brave New World. In The Doors of Perception, he talks. He he details his taking mescaline in the nineteen fifties it opened everything in the universe up to him. Oh, and who was in a cameo in Doctor Strange? None other than Stan Lee is sitting there on a bus. And what was he reading in his hands? Doors of Perception by Aldous Huxley. But I'm sure it's all just a coincidence, Chris.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, the reason I'm laughing is because uh, most of these guys that produce these um the, or direct these films, they're always into, like um, Guillermo del Toro, who, who would did the first two Hellboys, which is about the Antichrist, by the way. And, by the way, it's the first trailer to run before... The Aquaman movie, depending on which theater you're going into. So this whole Hellboy thing is a, it's a big deception on the, on the watchers because he is literally the Antichrist, and we're going to make him a hero. But I was going somewhere else with this. The director is like Guillermo Ir- Ir- del Toro. He says as long as a movie has monsters in it, he will direct it. That's all he wants to make is monster movies. Now, if you can look, go and look up in certain dictionaries, the definition of monster is demon or, you know, something dealing with um, something spiritual, you know, it's not something that is just uh, ugly and, and deformed or something like that. It's, it's a literal demon. So these demonic movies, we're, we're not just pulling stuff out of our hats. These are actual, you're actually being trained to watch this stuff when it's not conducive to Christianity at all.
1: But it's funny because they always pull in themes from the Bible, like a Doctor Strange. What does he do? They show one of the books that he studies, the Kabbalah. They actually show the book, the Book of Solomon. Now, interesting tie-in to Aquaman, the city of Crete. Now, interesting, the, the New Testament in the book of Acts mentions the city of Crete. Among the people present in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost were the Cretans. Remember Paul's journey to Rome as a prisoner? It's during this time that he and Titus visited Crete. Well, what's interesting when you look into the history of Crete the Cretans were known by many names over thousands of years, such as the Minoans, the Ophites, the Philistines, the Judeans, the tribe of Judah, and the Phoenicians. After all, Crete is derived from the, the Greek word "kreta," that's K-R-I-T-A, which means creation. That's exactly what Cretans are known for, creators of, well, what, the first alphabet, poetry, weapons of war, and get this, metal workers. What do most of their coins that they created contain the trident poseidon's trident the same one that's wielded by aquaman interesting
0: yeah yeah it's it's, it's all interesting stuff when you go back that far and you realize that like the bible says nothing is new under the sun And a lot of that stuff continually goes back to Babylon. And then that stuff continually goes back to somewhere close to the garden and to the Luvian world, as we said before. And we have to call, we also, I have to always come back to mind control. Think Nebuchadnezzar, the greatest kingdom at that time. What would he do to his people? He said, There's a statue, it's gold. When the music plays, you're going to worship it. The whole civilization had to do this or death would come upon them, you know? So this mind control aspect is still here today, just in another form, entertainment. And the words that people use, the words go right back to what I explained earlier about the force. There's a lot of this spell binding going on, literally spelling you. Change your mind, change your consciousness to move in a certain direction that is against God. God doesn't need to force you to listen to him. He has a book called the Bible. But the world will use all sorts of forms of mind control to lead you away from what's right. That goes into politics, to your entertainment, to a lot of different areas. But until you get the formula, you will not understand. And you need to look up Alan Moore, what he says about his writings, his comic book writings. He tells you the closest thing to a shaman is a writer, an Mm -hmm, author. Because they, they, they will the words, the words that change your consciousness. What can I say? I listened to a KGB agent, ex-KGB defector back in the 80s or something like that. And he said the same thing, but in a different way. And all this political stuff you're seeing is because the minds of the people are being controlled by the mass media to bring in a fascist government.
1: Yeah, through all their little theatrics, they're just marching us towards a one world order. A one-world government with a one-world religion. I mean, this stuff is coming fast and furious. And what better to train up your children in the way it should go? Welcome to Marvel and DC. By the way, Disney bought out Marvel, so just FYI on that. The Enchanted Magical Kingdom of Fantasy. Just like this enchantment under the sea.
0: Yeah, and another aspect to look at too is the, the the spectacle. When the movie Avatar came out by James Cameron, there were certain people they wanted to commit suicide. They wanted to escape this world so much they wanted to kill themselves because they can't live there. So my point of bringing that up is the Aquaman movie it's a giant spectacle. It's beautiful. And it even reflects what you recited out, that, out of the book, the e-book that you're reading about the the city on the sea with the lights and everything and it's beautiful and it reflected that exact same thing. You go deep enough into the water without seeing the, you know, the cities or whatever, you'll see these um marine animals that they light up. So it's not far fetched that there could be something under there just like that, you know? And archaeologists they found You know, cities, gigantic cities under Japan and these other areas in the world that were covered by the flood. I mean, we as people, when we get into these theaters, when we're detained so something can enter, we we, we look at the spectacle, we get into the beta state, all these things come at us. And not everybody is going to, you know, become a fanatic. But there are people that are out there that are just into this stuff. And when you talk about it and, and try to show them what's real... But the demonic that's in it, they want to fight you. (laughs)
1: Yeah, because they're under a mind blinding spirit. It's just like I recently did this article, which kind of ties into what we're talking about when it comes to the sea world and sea creatures and marine spirits. The Starbucks logo. I get into what exactly is this Starbucks logo? But I did this expose on that, and people just were relegating me to the depths of the dam. How dare I touch, in this case, their sacred beverage? I highlight how this siren on the side of the mug, you know, Asherah, Ishtar, Astarte, Artemis, Gaia, Shekinah, Lilith. You can give it various names, but it's the same demonic marine spirit.
0: And yeah, you know, from culture to culture, these, these guys change their names, you know. But uh, one of the interesting things, you know, going into that aspect is as far as the, the siren, forgot to bring this up earlier, is the husband, well, not a husband, but the, the dad of um, Arthur. He kept going back to the the pair because she promised to always return one day right. that's what these guys would do back in the past they would go to the pier or the beach the coastline to greet these spirits <laughs> it's right there in front of your face you know and also dealing with you know the, the Polynesian people or the Pacific Islanders they have these tattoos on their body the tattoos most tattoos tell a story but in, in some of the civilization civilizations also the tattoos bear the presence of their, their, their idols so it's, it's, it's something t- talking about their idols and you've seen this in a couple Movie, I think Kubo and the Two Strings or something like that. One of, one of those movies, they had this guy who had tattoos all over him, and a, and a god, so called, would talk to him from within the tattoo. Oh, wait,
1: uh, is that Moana or whatever?
0: The Moana? All right, one of those, those movies, yeah. And that, that goes into another aspect as far as the technology. The technology we have now, they're able to bring these water spirits to life at, at a cheaper price than, you know, remember the movie The Abyss? Yeah. It, it was about, you know, these aliens or whatever, but they would come in the form of water. But that was highly expensive back then you know and now that we have the technology to, so it's not so costly we can bring these things to life
1: oh when i was thinking of the abyss i was thinking of that creepy movie the shape of water with that there you go again a hybrid fish man that this woman falls in love with that was totally creepy but i want to go back to arthur curry and his trident for a minute here this indestructible trident which also uh, had the ability to manipulate water fire and energy that's kind of you know like that witchcraft thing again the four mm-hmm. the four mm-hmm. elements Arthur learned to channel his underlying magical power through his royal trident while under the influence of the crown of thorns that's mm is one of the uh, episodes. The ambient magical energy were similar to the blessings of Poseidon. These powers include augmented physical abilities, enabling the dispatch of magically enhanced drift squads, discharging bolts of eldritch energy, erecting protective shielding, and resisting magical power with or without his trident. Often when he utilizes these latent talents, his eyes glow with the arcane power of the four. Worse. I thought that was interesting. Now, just a little also side note. It says, after the loss of his left hand, Aquaman initially replaced it with a cybernetic retractable hand. The mechanical hand was replaced by a magical hand made out of water given by the Lady of the Lake, which grants him numerous abilities. And now get this. This is the kicker, including his ability to create portals and into mystical dimensions. So not only does he go into mystical dimensions, but get this ability to communicate with the lady of the lake through the water bearer hand interesting
0: yeah yeah it's, it's all so it all converges and so at some point because you keep hearing the same thing the same stories if you look at um spider-man uh movie that into the spider-verse it's all about opening portals and these alternate beings coming in even even animal like coming into whoever's reality because we don't even know which one is the right reality and we not know it,
1: and isn't it interesting <laughs> that shiva the god has the trident and that ties in with opening a portal as well the the, the folks at cern want to open the gates of hell really
0: yeah and even going back to what you mentioned about the beast out of the sea um i have two points for that because the sea represents people right and then when you go to karate the insignia for the karate is a woman gami which is the the woman the woman goddess she's coming out of the sea and you see these snake-like tentacles under her and above her you see three stars and a dragon you see a beast right the dragon is satan and in all these culture you see a snake you see a dragon it's always representing that head spirit because like in crouching tiger and hidden dragon the crouching tiger the human the, the dragon is the power the principality over that person this all ties into hinduism and the martial arts and all this stuff so it's the same picture of this goddess this thing coming out of the sea in karate look up the symbolism and in the, the patch you'll see what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they're celebrating it while we're like, hey, no, this is a time of God's wrath being poured out on mankind. This is a time of the Jewish people coming to their rightful place. But now they're celebrating it. And you see that in, in these groups of, of um, superheroes it's building up to that sort of thing. And I mean, I mean, I can't make this stuff up. You have an Illuminati right there in the in the Marvel Universe.
1: I was reading some experts, and I want to mention this just out of um, the mysterious book by David H. Lewis. It's called Mysteries of the Pyramid, but there's a section called Mysteries of the Sea, and I thought you'd find this interesting. Having spent countless months searching through hieroglyphs, naval records, ancient scrolled manuscripts, ships' loggings, bringing to light more than one haunting phenomenon from the archives and explorers' heritage, over a hundred years spans a seaman's nightmare. Demons possess many areas of our ocean with a concentrated thought aimed at our Bermuda Triangle, and the very mysterious disappearances occurring over these hundreds of centuries vanish ships and planes of our present era and mysterious from the depths of the Atlantic were noticed by oceanic travelers and explorers for countless centuries since Columbus crossing in 1492. Documented accountings from deep sea divers, bathscape explorers, oceanographers, and others lay claim that depth soundings indicate a giant raised plateau far beneath the surface that stretches from the west coast of Africa to the eastern coast of Bimini and the island of Bermuda. And again, this goes back to Bishop's account, he said that, this is just a little side note, uh, the marine kingdom is a spiritual sovereignty that has recently come into view to the world elitist openly. Their worship of the goddess of the ocean and the moon, Yamaya, Yamoja, and Lamanja. The goddess of the ocean is known in the Bible as Queen of Heaven.
0: hmm Yeah. Speaking of Queen of Heaven, uh, we know that ties back to the Catholic Church and the, fel- the false Mary spirit. Um, but also in Final Fantasy, you are able to conjure the spirit, summon the spirit of Astaroth. It comes up as this giant beast. um, So they really put emphasis on conjuring spirits. Even in the the video game Soul Calibur, you get to play with a a beast called Astaroth. They're taking all these, these pagan deities and putting them in video games. And that's for another show. But I'm just, you know, dancing with you here on the topic of of these, the name of these gods.
1: Well, speaking of gods, lastly, I want to tie in something about the Polynesian gods. The actor that plays Aquaman I thought this was so interesting he's a big boy big six foot four Jason Momoa he's a ninth generation Hawaiian So the Polynesian rituals are big in his culture. In fact, there's a couple video online. If you just throw in Momoa and traditional Haka dance, you can search that online. Momoa performs a traditional Haka dance with members of Auckland's UFC team. He's also a fan of the New Zealand All Blacks, the rugby team. They do this Haka dance. It's a real tribal ancestral Maori ancestral war dance traditionally used on the battlefield. What's really weird is they do all almost like these kundalini jerking, violent foot stomping. They stick out their tongue in these really weird protrusions. And it's this weird, trancey, rhythmic, body slapping, loud chants. It's very demonic. Now, Jason Momoa, interestingly, has several tattoos inked on his body. The most prominent of these is the tribal half sleeve. Now, it features nine rows of black triangles encircling his left forearm when he was asked about the tattoo, he said it's Amakawa, his Hawaiian family's crest, the shark. The triangles represent shark teeth and he also has another tattoo that reads Pride of Gypsies. Now, that's also the name of his film and commercial production company. What are gypsies famed for, folks? Sorcery, fortune-telling, psychic powers. The sea gypsies have long legends, so it's kind of ironic when you look at who Momoa parallels. Aquaman, tradition, psychic powers, strong connection to the ocean. Funny that even Jason Momoa as a young adult was, uh, he was cast in Hawaiian Baywatch. Gee, not surprising he was chosen for this portrayal. But one final thing in my research, this was a really macabre discovery. I was reading about some children's skulls buried in the lakes in Germany and Switzerland. I found this article from an archaeologist from Basel University. He said they found skulls of children forming a protective ring in what they believe was a sacrifice to the water gods. They found a few of these throughout history. There's been a belief of Course in water spirits and cultures around the globe. People who live near water, they'd leave offerings to placate these gods and goddesses to ward off disasters. Well, some of those traditions are still being done today in other places like Ghana. And speaking of that, The Witch Doctor and the Man, The City Under the Sea, and Dr. Pat Holliday's book, Marine Spirits, I'm gonna talk about how you can get those two ebooks at the end of the show. Chris Taylor, I'm so glad you joined me on this wonderful exposition on Aquaman. Hey for the new listeners that might not be familiar with your work, give out your information and how they can contact you.
0: Oh, well, you can find us at www.dontletthemburn.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and most, most social media platforms. And um, definitely reach out. And, and um, if you have questions, I'm always there to answer.
1: Well, we'll definitely maybe have to do a short Into the Spidey Verse, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting
1: opening the portals by spider-man <laughs> yeah for real <laughs> well, well listen chris thank you so much for teaming up with me to do this expo on aquaman thank you so much
0: oh and thanks for having me i was glad to you know have a conversation with you
1: thanks chris folks chris taylor's information is linked there below in the description as well as i've got a little surprise for people you want to get two free ebooks such good information too. The Witch Doctor and the Man City Under the Sea is one and Dr. Pat Holliday's book Marine Spirits for your year-end donation of any amount, I'll send you those two ebooks, just type marine books in the subject line, shoot me an email, and I will send you off those two ebooks. After you've made a donation, simply go to the donate page at Sheila.media and then fire me off an email and I will send you out these two amazing ebooks. And as a bonus, I'm going to throw in a secret ebook as well. So make sure you take advantage of that. You can simply again, go to triple dot Sheila media. Look down below in the YouTube description for all the information. Do not forget subscribe to my YouTube channel and follow me on social media. All of those links are listed down below. Thank you so much for checking this out and have a very happy new year. All the best in 2019. Big things. See you soon. Good night and God bless.
0: If you like our videos, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell to get all our frequent updates.